Welcome, Article 5 fans, to a special edition of the Liberty Update with Jake and Bree. This week, even as we speak, over 100 commissioners from 49 states have gathered in Colonial Williamsburg for Convention of States Foundation's simulated Article 5 convention. This is a truly historic, once-in-a-lifetime occasion, and we're super excited to bring you updates from the event. We also want to remind you that it's not too late to sign up to watch today's live stream, so go to cossimulation2023.org to learn more. But for now, let's jump into your need-to-know news. This is the Liberty Update. The Article 5 Simulated Convention, hosted by Convention of States Foundation, is currently underway in Virginia. Over 100 commissioners from 49 states arrived in Williamsburg on Wednesday for the start of the simulated convention. As commissioners arrived on site, the excitement and energy intensified, and several legislators stopped by to share their thoughts on participating in this historic event. Montana State Senator Tom McGilvery commented on the Article 5 solution, saying this is the most important work we can be doing in the United States. Convention of States Foundation's constitutional attorney, Rita Peters, explained one of the most significant goals of this event, which is to demonstrate this historical process before an official convention is called in the coming years ahead. She said it's intended to show modern-day Americans that this Article 5 process, which the founders intended the states to use as a check and balance on federal power, holds incredible promise to actually impose the meaningful, substantive reforms on the federal government that we so desperately need. As the day kicked off on Thursday, commissioners were tasked with selecting a president of the convention. And after two rounds of voting, Louisiana Representative Woody Jenkins was elected as the convention president. Former Senator Rick Santorum, who is a senior advisor at COSF, provided an honest analysis of the DC political arena as he welcomed state commissioners to the simulation. Take a listen to what he said. I don't know how many years I have left, but I believe of all the things I've looked at, and I've been in Washington, and I've been on TV, and I've run for president, I've done all these things, and I don't see anything out there that is gonna have the opportunity to turn this country around more than this movement. And people would say, well, you know, how can you possibly, even if you get a convention, how can you get anything done? And my response to that is, I, I don't think it's all that important to get something done this first convention. I think the most important thing to do at this convention is to have a convention. Because once you have a convention, then you, you show Washington that you are now at the top of the food chain. Now you may not be able to get anything done, or you may pass a few amendments and they may not be ratified, but you're now on their radar screen. They gotta account for you. And all of the folks who say, well, runaway convention, and this, we don't know how it works, and this and this, all of that's now all gone. It's now who's in charge. As Mark said, there is still hope. This battle is not lost. It is far from being lost. And today and tomorrow, you have an opportunity to do something to move the hope forward. As we heard from Rick Santorum, this week's simulation is an opportunity to move hope forward. 
Convention of States co-founder Michael Ferris also shared a message of hope with the commissioners at the simulation. He pointed out that prior to 1776, the American colonies were used to governing themselves. They'd done so for many decades. So when they fought the revolution, it wasn't so much a revolutionary invention of new principles as it was a radical return to the original principles the American colonies had been founded on. He pointed out that this resembles today's fight and that once again we are fighting to return our countries to the principles we were founded on. Take a listen to what he had to say. And so for 150 years, the British Constitution is Americans tax themselves. And so when the fight came, it's exactly like our fight today. We're fighting for the original principles that were in the British Constitution. We're fighting for the original principles. We're fighting for the original principles of the Commerce Clause, which meant shipping stuff. It didn't mean regulate everything that has anything to do with any dollars. We were fighting for the, we're fighting for the original principles of the General Welfare Clause, which did not mean spend money on any fool thing you want. It, it meant when you spend money, you have to do it as a limitation on power, that it had to be not for some special interest, not for some you know, thing that the senator wants to, to bless his home district with a particular road or something. It had to be for the general welfare of the whole country. And so we're fighting to restore the general principles of our Constitution, just like in 1776, they were fighting to keep the principle that Americans tax themselves. No taxation without representation. Why? Because that is the moral principle that lies behind the all government. And they got it right when they said, we are endowed by our creator with certain inalienable rights. Among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And for this reason, governments are instituted among men. So the reason we want to have limited government, which is mainly the focus of what we're doing here, how do we limit the federal government? The reason for limited government is more freedom. When, when government makes a choice, you don't get to make the choice. When you make the choice, you have freedom. We want to increase freedom by limiting the power of government to make too many choices in our lives. Concerning these great speakers, Rick Santorum, Michael Ferris, and all 100, over 100 commissioners gathered in Colonial Williamsburg, Mark Mickler addressed those that say there are no Washingtons or Madisons or Adamses or Franklins today saying he would dispute that notion simply by looking out into the crowd of gathered American leaders, men and women of high caliber, equal that of the founders. Throughout the week, Mark Meckler has shared messages of hope, pointing out that it encourages him to see men and women step up to fight for their country and become leaders in the Convention of States movement. Following these speeches and the aforementioned vote to decide on this year's simulation president, attendees split into three separate committees, the Term Limits Committee, Fiscal Restraints Committee, and Federal Legislative and Executive Jurisdiction Committee to propose and debate amendments that fall within those three subject areas. Mark Meckler, who moved from committee room to committee room, described the debates as lively and fairly heated, but encouraging. He praised the committee members as statesmen and stateswomen stepping up and doing what it takes to fix the nation. The bills that made it out of these committees will today be considered in a plenary session as all state commissioners reconvene to consider amendments. And that's where you can join in. This morning, as commissioners debate these amendments in real time, you can watch right alongside them with an exclusive live stream of the event available through Convention of States Foundation. Whether you're a brand new activist or a seasoned COS veteran, 
This is a can't-miss event, and we'd love for you to join us in celebrating this historic moment. In other news this week, the Environmental Protection Agency is reportedly stocking up on ammunition, guns, and staff as the agency's budget skyrockets. A new Open the Books report finds that the EPA spent $618,000 on items categorized as small arms or small arms ammunition from 2018 to 2022. Today, the EPA employs about 137 special agents with arrest and firearm authority. And the EPA established a law enforcement arm in 1982 responsible for bringing environmental criminals to justice. The arm was allotted $70 million in fiscal year 2023 to enforce the nation's laws and investigate cases. The new report says that the EPA's regulatory mandate and budget are both expanding considerably, as the agency is tasked to implement more regulations combating climate change, which is the overarching agenda of the executive branch. Since Biden took office, over $100 billion in federal funds have been allocated to the EPA to spend in new grants. The average EPA salary in fiscal year 2022 was $124,000, and total compensation for all 15,000 employees was $1.9 billion. As the Open the Books founder said, when the number one national security threat is climate change, I think that gives you more license to do a lot of different things. One of those things is to staff up, lawyer up, and arm up. He added that Congress is throwing so much money at the EPA that they don't even have projects to spend it on. And that's a wrap on this week's episode of the Liberty Update. If you're interested in seeing the results of the simulated convention, head on over to our blog page where you can find the latest updates on the simulation. And we will also be covering the proposed amendments that come out of the simulation on next Friday's podcast. Thanks for tuning in. See you next week.